Hello and welcome back to Bourbon Barrel Talk. Today's episode of Bourbon Barrel Talk is brought to you by Signature Painting and Coatings. They specialize in residential and small commercial painting. Owner, Jeff Ostrader, has been serving Louisville and Southern Indiana families for over 35 years. There is no job too small. For your no-cost obligation estimate, please contact Jeff at 502-494-0595. Signature Painting and Coatings. Hire a professional, not a painter. And we're back, but today we are on location. We are at Hotel Tango in Indianapolis, Indiana, and our special guest today is Mr. Travis Barnes, CEO and uh, Chief uh, Engineer of Bourbon. So uh, how's it going, Travis? Great. Thanks, you guys, so much for having me. Honored to be here. We're excited to be here. So uh, we've been taking a tour, and we're getting ready to do a fantastic tasting, but... uh, we're, we're super excited to be out here. And, and with us on the show, Matt stepped away, and then uh, we got uh, Nick in the house. What's up, Nick? Hey, not much. Great being here. Thank you very much for the tour. Everything was really awesome on that tour. Great. appreciate it. Yeah. Good deal. Always fun to show off our, our little uh, our little distillery here. Yeah. It's like a campus across the entire city of Indianapolis, though. You're a little spread out. Yeah. Yeah, we are. Um, and, and hopefully 2023 is the year that we are able to consolidate into, into one location and be able to produce, fulfill, and store our bourbon barrels all in, um, under one roof. Well, that's exciting. That's exciting. So, Travis, for those folks out there who don't know much about Hotel Tango, the brand, those type of things, why don't you tell us a little bit, A, how you got started in the industry, and then B, a little bit more about the company, how did the name come up, those type of things. Sure. So, uh, Hotel Tango Whiskey, we're one of the first uh, combat disabled veteran-owned distilleries in the United States. Um, We started back in 2013 when we got our uh, distilled spirit plant license. Uh, We opened our doors here in 2014, uh, one location where we were really producing uh, all of our spirits out of just one room here that we're sitting in. And shortly thereafter, we started distribution. We first started really with the U.S. military and the PX system, so AFES and MCX and NEX. Uh, that that was kind of a proving ground for us to uh, show distributors around the country that we were able to fulfill orders and, and move product. And um, from there, we started to distribute within the region, and now we're in a total of 25 states, so across the U.S. Gotcha. And and, and you were a uh, lawyer first, and then you got into the distilling game. Tell us a little bit about that. How, how did that happen? So after I got back from Iraq, I did, I did three tours there. I came back home to Indiana, uh, finished my undergrad, and then uh, moved down to Indianapolis for law school. And that's where I met my wife and realized that I didn't want to be a lawyer. So uh through uh, school, the Indiana legislature was passing for the first time since Prohibition the ability for artists and distilleries to produce and sell on site their own products. So we were one of the first four in the state to get our Indiana license to be able to distill and serve cocktails and serve uh, sell bottles out of our location. Walking around the distillery and things like that, is, is that like normally where people come congregate visit and check out things i noticed there's a little side room there and or is that more just strictly production based for now uh this is kind of the phase one of our consolidation um eventually yes we would like to have a complete experience where folks can come in we can pull barrels um do individual barrel tastings and buy bottles from that location for now uh, the tasting room here at uh, 702 Virginia is really the flagship of the company where folks can come in, do a tour, get the history of the company, uh, and then sample any one of our nine products 
um, in a cocktail or on a flight. So, so being veteran owned, first of all, thank you for your service. We appreciate that. Um, how did that, I guess, transcend into running a bourbon business? Like it did, did, is there things that you took away from your military experience that you brought to this to efficiencies or whatever that might be? Absolutely. Um, you know, we, we really have four core values in the company, uh, discipline, spirit, straightforward, and gung ho. And those are all lessons that I took from the military that, um, transitioned into the business side of the company. And those are kind of the, not just words, but the ethos of how we talk to one another, treat one another, um, our, make our product, um, deal with distributors, retailers, uh, the whole thing. And that really kind of creates a through line for everything that we do here at Hotel Tango. Gotcha. So bourbon or rye, what's your, what, what, what was your first love? You got into this because you had to have liked one of them. Absolutely. Um, I, I would definitely say it's, uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a weeded bourbon guy. Uh, I don't turn my nose up to anything. Uh, you know, the, I think I like the saying that there's no such thing as bad whiskey, only better whiskey. So, yeah. And it's different strokes for different folks. Mine just happens to be a, a nice weeded, soft, sweet bourbon. You're a fancy boy, huh? You like, you like that pappy and stuff like that? Uh, no, I, you know, I like Eagle Rare. I like Weller. I like Booker's. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, uh, I'm, but again, you know, I wouldn't turn away a pappy if somebody served it. Right. I don't know who would right now, especially. <laughs> so, so other than Hotel Tango, what's your what's your personal favorite? Oh man, um, you know, there's so many out there, so many kind of Easter eggs. Um, I, I do like Weller. Um, like I, I think it's you know they make a great product. Um, you know, I, I'm on the Blanton's wagon. I'd say too. They 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 put out some pretty neat stuff. Um, yeah. Angel's Envy's got great great um, selections. So you know, the, I, again, there's no such thing as bad bourbon. Gotcha. So, so you, so you went straight to Angel's Envy there at the end. I, I found that one kind of different because those are finished products, and one of them what finished in rum, the other one's finished in port. So yeah, again, I'm I'm definitely not a pinky in the air kind of guy. I uh, I, I I like them all, and anything that's different or kind of off the the traditional beaten path of bourbon, I'm into it. You know, I I like to, the variety. Let's go down that rabbit hole then. Um, let's, <laughs> let, let's talk a little bit more about that. You know, so you, you've got some special finishing products that you're working on and things like that. And, and being in the great city of Indianapolis, I, I was telling you, you this when we were taking the tour. Two of my favorite breweries are here, Sun King, and I love, I love Scarlet Lane. Are you guys doing any kind of collabs or is anything like that in the near future showing up for you guys? Absolutely. We've done collabs with Sun King. Uh, our, we did a, a gin release with those guys a few years ago. Um, and we've worked with several breweries, um, other breweries around the city, trading barrels really to finish products in. So we've done across the street from us is Chili Water that we've done an Imperial Stout with, uh, with some of our rum and some of our bourbon. But we've also got finished products in port barrels and sherry barrels and uh, maple barrels right now aging. So, yeah, any of those kind of fun one-off things that, you know, they're not our, our core product lineup, but they are certainly neat little fun projects that we get to do to you know, keep the art part of bourbon going. Kind of speaking of art, I've noticed the uh, unique shape of your bottles and also the information on the label. Do you want, uh, is there any reason for the bottle uh, shape uh, Any story behind it? Yeah, absolutely. We really wanted something that uh, reflected our military roots. So the ready to drink uh, portion of the label um, is uh, goes back to the ready to eat MREs that we had in the field. Um, and then the bottle really has uh, got a canteen shape to it. So it's easy to pass, easy to share, uh, easy to grip. 
uh, much like the canteens were that we used out in the field and overseas in Iraq and Afghanistan. Yeah, I like the rounded back. It does give you a, a nice grip hold. It's, it's easy to get a hold of. So we're sipping in. We're getting ready to start sipping on one of these. This is uh, one of your bourbons. You said this is kind of the flagship, the, the starting one. Yeah, so this is our four grain. It's uh, 67% corn, 15 rye, 12 wheat, and uh, 5 barley. So 67, 15, 12, and 10? Yeah. All right. I want to make sure I heard that correctly. Oh, I can get that nice, subtle sweetness that's, that comes off of that nose. Yeah, so it's unique. It's a four grain. Um, you know, a lot of the bourbons out there right now are either a, a three or a blend of something. So this is a, a really unique, I think, uh, among kind of the the bourbons that are out there. Um, and this will become eventually um, our four and our six year product. But for right now, it's it's uh, two year. But I think it's pretty respectable and tasty. Is yeah. it just me, or are you getting a little citrus off this thing? I do get a little citrus on the nose, I'm, uh, but I, I also get it's it's very even though it's a lower rye at only fifteen percent, it's got some of those traditional like spice rye notes in that on that nose too as mm-hmm. well. Yep, absolutely. So. Yeah, definitely get the citrus, a little bit of orange, uh, orange peel in there. But yeah, yeah. There's also a, there's a fruit in there. I'm trying to pick up that's outside of that citrus note. Yeah, we did. I definitely get like a stone fruit. So you know, almost yeah. a peach, peach or, or mm-hmm. apricot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't sure. If apricot was what was coming to my mind, but I was like, man, maybe I'm I'm, I'm going crazy by saying that. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was uh, it was stone fruit or maybe some of that kind of like fleshy apple, subtle apple tastes yep. in it. Absolutely, but yeah, this is ninety proof, um, and it's two years old, and um, yeah, very proud of it. Yeah, no, it's it, it's a good easy drinker, um, super mellow. So how many different blends of this four grain did you have to go through to find the right one for you guys? Because we all know. 90% of the people out there love their typical three grain stuff and so forth. But, you know, from, from us picking our last barrel pick, our starlight one, if you remember was a four grain in a light char barrel. We thought that had the best flavor profile for it. So I'm a fan of it, but what made you guys a fan of it? Well, we went through a lot of different mash bills to try to create something unique and different. Um, and really the, the, the four grain gives it a, a little bit, I would say, um, Oh, uh, it's a deeper, it's a little bit, um, it opens up a little bit better, I think. Um, and it gives a little bit of variety of flavors. So you've got everything from the stone fruit to spice to caramel to leather. You yeah. know, I think there's a little bit of all of that uh, within the four grains. Yeah, would, I mean, I love it. I, I think I do get a lot of orange, though. Like yeah, orange it's very citrus. citrus forward, yeah. There's, like I said, the, the rye spice has given you, given off some something that I just, I, I've not been able to pinpoint yet. I'm inspired to make an old fashioned with it. That's all I'm telling you. It, it is delicious and I'm inspired to make it. It's one. almost gin-esque in some capacity. Like it's got a little bit of that spice that like comes off that gin basket, you know, when yeah. you do something. Yeah. Do, you, do you do these in the smaller barrels? Are they normal 53s or? So uh, we do. All these are in 53s. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I know sometimes, like, right, we're drinking this. It doesn't taste two years old. I mean, obviously, it's got a lot more complexity yeah. and character to it. It has more character, for sure. And so sometimes when you have that 515, you get a little bit of extra age. That's I'm, I'm really excited to see what this looks like at a four or five or six-year-old. I'm I mean, with I, you on I think it. it's going to mellow out, and a lot of these flavors are, are really going to come and, In fact, forward. just show me where they are over there, and I'll just, <laughs> I'll let you guys know how they are. <laughs> I don't know, Matt. <laughs> don't let Matt do your I don't know if that's bourbon. a good idea. That's bad. Never, bad, it's never, bad idea. That's never a good idea. <laughs> Always watch them. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So the ready to drink, you said, was basically from like the, the art. What, what, MRE. MRE. MRE, MRE right. right. Yep. So that's, I was trying to think. <laughs> the worst part is both my brothers were in the military. And I once they told me the stories when they got out of the military, I knew that was one route I did not want to take. So 
like I told you, I really appreciate it because yep. like that, it's not for everybody for sure. So, um, but uh, yeah, so it harkens back. I think that uh, anybody that that did serve, kind of, there's an immediate um, connection that they realize there's there's some sort of military part of um, within the brand, um, which you know on a shelf, this really does all the advertising for us. And so a lot of your brands they give back as well, correct? Absolutely. So right now we have uh, our two year old is in a limited time offer bottle for uh, red, white, and bourbon, which is we've partnered with the American Legion, their Be the One campaign, uh, which is to help fight veteran suicide, um, starting with, you know, addressing the stigma that comes along with asking for help, uh, that we're really encouraging guys that that first step is, you know, don't be afraid if you're having issues, find a a, a spouse, a friend, a, a military buddy that, you know, don't be afraid to reach out. We've all gone through tough times. and. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that's great. Matter of fact, our, the the barrel pick that Matt is referencing that's where our money went was to um, house veterans that had fell out of you know Thank homes you. with uh, VOA Volunteers of America yeah. and uh, we spent all, we I guess we raised a little over four thousand dollars yeah and we, and we, we donated did. that for them to have beds to make beds and that's things great. like that for for our for the veteran organization down there in Southern Indiana so near and dear to our heart like i said both my brothers were military guys and you know like i said really appreciated that they got they gotta make you eat an mre now <laughs> no, I've, I've eaten them i just couldn't remember what it was called i was yeah, i went i just yeah, went totally yeah. blank so it's funny well, because the the rtd as you know within the alcohol industry a lot of folks know it as the the seltzers right yeah. uh so getting the ttb approval on this was a little bit uh not challenging but we had to do some explaining is that you know one, you don't Wine need any, ready to drink. Yeah, you don't need anything else with this. It's ready to go right out of the bottle. Um, but it's not within the class of you know the seltzer um, products. So, yeah, I, I, I get where you're coming from with that. Like where the TTB would have serious issues with that, but that's kind of funny. So, Hotel Tango. I'm assuming that also comes from military background. Absolutely. So, um, the phonetic alphabet: Alpha, Bravo, Charlie. Um, my wife's name's Hillary. And my name is Travis, so hotel is H, T is Tango, and W is whiskey. So there you go. That's the uh, the origin of the of the the um, hotel Tango whiskey. There we yeah. go. So and my wife and I are both pilots, so those were kind of call signs for us before okay. we uh, we we got into the bourbon world. So we thought it would be a fitting name uh, to honor both military and and my wife gets first billing. So there the you question, go. The question is, how long did it take you to come to that decision? Man, it, it it was one of those. Um, we we were actually on our honeymoon, and we were talking about, you know, what if we we pursued this um, this pipe dream, you know, and um, it just kind of rolled off the tongue, Hotel Tango Whiskey. So it was it really we didn't put that much into it. It just felt right at the moment, and it kind of stuck. And again, it's one of those names that if you're within uh, the military or service, you know, firefighter, police, you, you kind of understand immediately that there's a little bit more to the name than just Hotel Tango. Right. So. Yeah. Well, just reading the bottle, I mean, high standard issue. I mean, like there's just certain things that come off and you know immediately there's a military background behind it. So Absolutely. Yeah, it's just a really unique. The, the, the time I got to spend with my brother when he was in Germany, uh, at a Romstein Air Base, like just the the neat stuff that you'd see, you know, in the military in the background and everything else. So, yeah, really cool. Now, but, I, I hate to, uh, I don't want to stray too far of it from the bottles, but I just noticed the back of the bottle. You're being extremely transparent, especially on this uh, the reserve. Mm-hmm. So, I believe that's our series four. We're getting ready to taste right now. Oh. So this is a this is a blend of yep. of two. One is from MGP. 
which is 99% corn, 1% barley. And then uh, from another distillery that we got some barrels from over in Ohio, which is 75 corn, 15 wheat, 10% barley. Right. I'm assuming you have an NDA with them. That's why you don't. Uh, actually, I, I don't even know if they're in business anymore. I believe oh, really? We, we bought oh, okay. out all their barrels. Yeah. Gotcha. So, okay. again, this is really, we want to complement something that our, what we think our, our two-year will eventually transition into. So, right. we want to keep the wheat in there, um, but also sweet, soft, um, and easily drinkable. Um, yep. But, again, this is a, a five-year-old and a six-year-old product that uh, we blended um, that really, this is our, our fourth in our series of reserve uh, bourbon. So, and this is technically a three-grain, though. Technically, gotcha. yes. So um, it is, in my opinion, very easily dr- drinkable and very sweet, um, right on the nose. Um, so Yeah, nice tobacco, a little bit of leather. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of that just on the nose, kind of like dark tobacco, leather. Yeah. Not quite what that first one that we had was, kind of like that more rye citrus, spice, yeah. rye in there. A little deeper, a little richer, I think. Yes. Yep. Oh, yeah. You can yeah. definitely tell, it, it again, it's mellowed out. It's yeah. had enough time in the barrel to, you know... Some some of that sweet, uh, like almost corn pudding coming through too on the nose a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yep. So this one's definitely it, it drinks really really nice. Yeah, this I think this harkens to that uh, chewing on the leather glove back in middle uh, in uh, little league. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, a little bit for sure. Yep, that wheat gives it that nice subtle sweetness. It's really nice. Yeah, so. it's not. It's not overly spicy at all. I mean, yeah. it really is easily. Well, some wheats can get a weird, like, spice to them, too. Absolutely. You Especially watch on it. the back end. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. For sure. So I really enjoy these. So when you look at your the, the mash bill and the thought process, is it, is it because of your, your heart for wheat? Is that why you kind of are, are staying more in that foregrain process? Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, my heart's in taste and, and right. what is, um, you know, a very a pleasant experience. You know, I think that that's more important than dissecting down to, you know, one or 2% of one grain or the other. It's really about what finishes well, what goes in a glass well, um, you know, can open up after it's been poured and, you know, is, is good to everybody. I mean, it's, that's kind of how we do it around here is we all, we all take a different blend and try it. And um, everybody gives their opinion on what they think. And, you know, majority wins most of the time. Well, that's so, nice. So um, on these as well, um, whenever you're looking at your mash bills, you also have that secondary of what type of char you're putting in your barrel yep, uh, or what the barrel char is and what level. How much does that factor in as well whenever you try to pair up your mash bill to a char level? So most of our stuff will be between, a, it's either a three or a four. Um, and again, it's not necessarily dictated by that. It's dictated by what comes out of of that char and you know every barrel is a little bit different right um depending on how long it's been in the barrel where it was at in the rickhouse uh how much time it sat in that particular spot uh you know all of those environmental mother nature things can have uh, a, a pretty Im- impactful effect on what actually comes out of the barrel so yeah it's it's really dictated by how good the juice is out of that barrel no, that's that's perfectly fine. I, as I said, it's just one of those things of like going. Some people try to match these certain things up because they expect a certain outcome, possibly, or what they should expect. As we, as most people know, at bourbon knows that whenever you put in a barrel, you put in time, you put in weather. You never know what you're going to really get until you know you're down two, three, four years down the road. Yeah, and that for us in the the outgoing years, the, the beginning years, it was um, scary, right? Because you get you only get one first shot to release a product. Um, 
So we, we really wanted to be something that was both kind You're of keeping that in there. <laughs> Sorry about <No>. that. <laughs> All right. We're on, we're on the series three here. So you'll see a little bit different. So this is uh, 75 corn, uh, 10% wheat, 10 per, uh, 15% wheat, uh, 10% barley. So okay. it's um, one half of our series four. Series three is half of your series four? Basically, yep. <clears throat> yep. Gotcha. Huh. I mean, I'm still enjoying series four. Y'all, y'all are rushing me here. <laughs> There's no R- rush. Rushing? You just joined the table, You my just friend. got to the table, man. <laughs> been We've here. been here for a while. Been here. Yeah, you, you enjoy your whiskey how you like Thank them. you. Thank you. <laughs> slow, evidently. That's how he enjoys his whiskey, slow. I'm going to start calling you Nightingale. Put a, nursing it. I was about to say. <laughs> put, a, put a nipple on that thing, man. <laughs> Shit. Oh, goodness. Uh, it's early, boys. So, Dude, <laughs> cherry. Straight. Yeah. There's some nice cherry. A little bit of... Little, little, why do, it's almost like a, like a milk chocolate. Milk? It's like a sweeter... I, 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 was, almost going, I was almost going to go like milk dud because there's just a little bit of malt, malt hanging yep. in there. Yeah. The, that's almost a perfect example. Like a, like a what, milk dud or not... Whoppers. Whoppers, yeah. Yeah, like that malted <laughs> yeah. chocolate yeah, and there's some cherry in there. I really like the nose on this one. No, I think this is a little bit spicier than Series 4. I think okay. that that corn and that 99 corn 1% barley in Series 4 almost calms it down a little bit. But yeah. this is more, to your point, a little bit spicier with the weeded. Yeah. I don't know. I've, I've, I'm still 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 making it out with the, with the nose on it. Yeah, I make out a little bit of the rice just kind of popping in there on the nose just. And there's no rice. The it's end. wheat. That's the, that's the know, funny thing. But it, it, it it's probably is the wheat, but it's just you get that kind of subtle rye-ish nose at the end. Yeah. There's a, there's a little spice on the on the nose, too. I got, I got that vanilla right up front, though. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Vanilla. Straight up front. Vanilla cherry. That's Yeah. yeah. Right there. And like I said, I get the malt, the I chocolate. I just want that to stay there. I don't want that to go away. <laughs> So I think this hey, is man, actually closer back. to our our blend that two year, um, minus the barley, than um, series four. But um, yeah, either one of those, if if this uh, oh. our flagship comes out like this in a few more years, yeah. well, I'm this not is ninety proof. Yes, sir. Oh, that's, okay. I was I was I was scared this was barrel strength, and I was about to say, "Boy, <laughs> we're going to get in trouble." Well, but you know what? 90. I mean, even if it was a, even if like sometimes these these guys are even if they're ninety seven, ninety eight. Yeah. Proof at barrel strength, it's still a flavor bomb, which is yep. how you would get these. Yeah. Well, this is just super smooth, though. I mean, like, it, even though I like that spice, like, a, to me, that's that's my wheelhouse, like that mid palate, and then and it's just really uh, that's definitely good. I, just, I, I love that vanilla up front, though. I think that's great. Yeah, vanilla, cherry. Yep. Again, man, different strokes for different folks. Oh, absolutely. No such thing as bad. So, kind of talking on like aging, as you're saying, these are kind of four year products. Do you have like a goal or a, or maybe I wouldn't say even a finish line, but some type of benchmark that you would want to say that you want to get to from an average age to be released or, you know, maybe special releases of certain ages? Well, I mean, we're, we're putting a lot of bourbon away. Um, we're always looking two, four, six years ahead. And for me personally, I, I would like to be able to release a six year product um, and then reevaluate, see where we're at. Obviously, an eight year product or a 10 year product would be great. Um but as a young distillery, I think it's um, a little bit challenging to see, you know, how much are we going to sell between now and 10 years from now? 
Um, just got to make them limited limited releases, man. I mean, that's a hard part, right? Like limited edition small batch. Yeah, I mean that's the <laughs> that is the one of the issues with um, this industry is there's always the tug and pull between you want to sell every drop you have, but at the same time, it's always nice to have a couple barrels to put a, back for a couple more years down the road and have a different product released, right? Mm-hmm. So single barrels are hot. Is that something you guys are starting to do or starting to offer or anything like that? Have you been doing them for years? I mean, uh, again, allocated, limited, uh, just because we haven't had enough. We're finally getting into our own juice. And yes, uh, we will hopefully do between 50 and 75 barrels this year. So uh, single barrels um, around the country. Uh, That's one thing that's always neat, fun for me to be able to do is to bring in outside retailers, go to the barn, pull, you know, five, 10 barrels and let them decide which barrel they think is going to be the best to sell in their store. I mean, that to me is the, the one of the funnest parts about this industry. It, it really is. I, single barrels create such a neat experience for everybody because your palate doesn't necessarily meet their palate. And, and then especially when you get five or six or seven guys in one room and you're sitting there like going, well, I like this one, and I like that one, and it's just it's it's amazing to see what happens when. And then eight ounces comes of whiskey of later, you're like, ah, that one was like great. Maybe <laughs> they're not even pointing to whiskey to right now. <laughs> let's start over at one again. Yeah, <laughs> All right, let's blind taste it. You're like, okay, that that has certainly happened, and uh, you know, who am I to judge? Uh, you know, somebody else's palate. I think that if they think they can sell it and they want to sell it in the store, I'm 100 percent behind it. So. Are you releasing your, your single barrels at barrel strength, 90 proof, or are you add on those? It depends on what somebody what they wants. Want. Yeah. Okay. So we can do either. Um, and for me personally, I mean, I like them at barrel strength. I think that that just reflects that barrel's character, right? Um, but if they want to cut down to 90 or, or whatever proof, we're happy to do that for them. They want to get a couple more um, bottles out of it. No problem. So uh, what... Uh what do you have com- coming with different stores or locations where we could find uh, somebody that was listening to this podcast could find this product? So we're distributed pretty much throughout the, the entire Midwest, Ohio, Michigan, Kentucky, Wisconsin. Um, uh, so we're in all the major chains, Kroger, Meyer, Walmart, uh, Total. Um, and then throughout Indiana, we're at Big Red, Belmont, you know, all the, the bigger mom and pop shops. So, yeah. Yeah, I imagine that. Uh, and then you said that you also uh, put out through all of like local bases uh, for the military. I mean, is that all the way across the United States, or is that only kind of in the area? So we're at 120 ish uh, military bases from wow. Maine to Hawaii, Alaska to Florida. So um, we're 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 real. We have a great penetration uh, within the military. So if you're on a, on a base, you could probably find us at your local PX. Afies, mm, Afies. <laughs> That's that was the number one word I remembered. Yep. <laughs> so next, I dropped in. It looks like this is the rye whiskey, two years old. Uh, yes, sir. Yep. Man, this is. Right oh right yeah, here. my bad. I picked up the wrong one. <laughs> I was about to say that didn't say anything about rye. Um, so this one says it is two years aged straight rye. I believe that's MGP. We got. I love it. Says Sazerac ready. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's nice. That's too funny. Awesome. So this is MGP. You said. Yep. So is it the traditional ninety-five-five? That's our ninety-five-five. Yep. We'll gotcha. eventually be transitioning to our hundred percent. Yep. And I'm, I, you know, again, time can't move fast enough uh, to make that transition. I'm very excited about getting the hundred percent rye. How, how long is that going to be? Another year or two? 
Yeah, uh, maybe shorter. I think we're about six months away right now. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. So six months away. Now, when that release happens, will that be a two or a four year? Two year. Two year. Yep. And again, we've laid down enough to where the eventual goal would be great to get to four year, but I don't think we're going to have any problems selling this two year. It's pretty tasty. So that's the funny thing. So to me, it's almost weird. Rye doesn't need the same amount of time that that corn does to age and to, to get some flavor notes and things like that. And I think it's because I like the spice. So even a young rock can sometimes be really, really good. Oh, I a hundred percent agree. I, again, I, for me, it's the time in the barrel lets it mellow out a little bit. And yeah. again, I'm, I'm a weeded guy, so I like a little bit softer. Um, and I think that that's really what it is able to do in the barrel for a couple more years. Oh, I mean, I'm getting citrus on this nose. Yeah. Citrus, baking spice. It's got a little hint of a, uh, like cardamom. That's what I was about to say. Cardamom was was kind of sneaking in there a little bit. Yep. But that orange orange peel. I mean, this is the second thing I think I could probably put into an old fashioned. I was about to say this delicious. would kill it in an old fashioned <laughs> yeah. for sure. Oh yeah. Speaking of Matt, chop chop old fashions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, I see some cherry liqueur over there. I'm sure you can make something work. Oh, I'm right. good. Yeah. I'll see you guys in a little bit. Right. See ya. <laughs> You're not talking anyway. <laughs> I'm enjoying. I know. I can is hear this you one the first, slurping. Is this one of the first times Matt's been speechless? Yes. This is 100%. <laughs> he's, he's working. That's he's what he's, working. the real problem is. I he's working. I saw him on his phone over there. That or he's Facebooking. Yes, that's exactly what I'm doing right now. So. <laughs> Weeded guy. like to drink. I'm trying to think of Guilty. outside uh, cocktails. What Do you have a favorite? Uh, bourbon, I'm, I'm definitely... Uh, I, I love a great old-fashioned, uh, but in here in our tasting room, um, if you asked anybody, uh, it's a gin bravo. So gin, blackberry, basil, and some green tea simple syrup. And that is one of my favorite, especially wow. right now, springtime. It's All right. Just a- after the show, you're going to have to make me one of those. Yes, that sir. That sounds interesting. I, I don't like gin typically, but when you said the other things mixed with it, I was like, okay, I'm at least picking up what you're putting down at this point. It's, 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 uh, yeah, it, you you will like it, I guarantee yeah. it. You'll, so what, you'll ask for another. So let's talk a little bit more about some of your other spirits because we're not just bourbon. Even though we're called Bourbon Barrel Talk, we like to talk about you know different things that are out there. So tell us about your other lines. You have gin, you have vodka, and then you have a set of liqueurs. So what do you, first of all, what what what's what are your unique blend for your gin recipe? Uh, so we have five uh, botanicals. Botanicals, uh, obviously, uh, juniper, coriander, orange peel, lemon peel. And all uh, star anise. Okay, so nothing crazy. Wondering about that anise. I was was about to say. Um, (laughs) And I, I I would categorize it as an American style gin. So it's a little bit citrus forward. Um, It's not overpowering on the on the juniper. So it's not like you know you're drinking a a Christmas tree. But it's also not like some of the other you know gins out there that are heavily to one particular botanical. I think ours is a very even blended, smooth, and light. Um, which again, I think that it, what the feedback I've heard is it's great for somebody who loves gin and it's great for somebody who has either never had gin or is a little bit intimidated by it. That is a little bit scared of, you know, so like I said, I don't like gin, but like every now and then I will find one that I'm like, oh, all right, now let's 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 rock and roll. So I'm excited to try that for sure. We'll have to give it a whirl. Oh, right. absolutely, because I mean, you know, similar to Scott, I mean, it's one of those things of like, you know, you got in the horror stories of the pine forest 
taste and <laughs> yeah. aftermath in the in the mouth, and it's just it's off putting to me. But there's been a number of gins that somebody said, "Hey, this is does not have this. Give it a try." Right, and it's turned out actually pretty good. Absolutely, and I, I and I you know that's I'm very proud of our gin. I think we do it, it very nice. It's not so kind of funky and out there that you know uh, it's pretty right down the middle of what you expect from a gin. And that nice. two-year rye, man, I'll tell you, it, it, it's good. I, I can't wait for those things to turn, you know, four, five, six years old. Uh, time can't move fast enough sometimes. Yeah, I think uh, we've talked on the podcast before of wanting to have a sample of or tr- be able to try that 100 rye because mm-hmm. not very many people have really produced that. Right. It's very unique. Well, they say it's just really hard to to get the yeast and everything to do properly without having a little bit of, you know, barley in there. So, well, we never shy away from a challenge. So there you go. Another military background. issue there. <laughs> so lemon cello, orange cello, cherry liqueur, and then what we're about to try, which is the schmallo. 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 So for all you uh, bourbon traditionalists out there, this might be a sin. Um, but no, it's a, a bourbon flavored with um, natural and uh, artificial flavoring uh, to create a toasted marshmallow bourbon. Marshmallow. So we're going to have uh, one, one third of the, what is that called on the campfire? S'more? S'more. S'more. One third of the s'more. Yeah, so this was really born out of our tasting room uh, that we created um, as an infusion product uh, product to make a s'more old fashioned and all the feedback we got from customers was man you should bottle this and sell it so, so we came up with a formula and we did i was about to say what, what what's the bourbon mix on this it's bourbon is, is it is it, it is it the wheat or is it yes it I, is a weeded okay i get that kind of charcoal campfire on the nose a little bit, but man, it's sweet. I mean, I can tell just off the nose. This is like sugar. This is sweet marshmallow for sure. I mean, it tastes like a toasted marshmallow, or it smells like a toasted marshmallow yeah. right off the nose. Yeah, it smells like yeah. Like, and it's not. It's coming out of that dark roast. It's like you know, if you've ever put a marshmallow over a campfire, nope. you let it get catch fire, starts flaming it's up. Got a little bit of the toast. Yep, bring the it char. Up, blow it off, and then just pop it in the mouth, and it's. Yep. It's, yeah, that's uh, what that nose exactly smells like. It's definitely not overpowering, for sure. Yeah. You know, but it is on the sweeter side. I yeah. you know, can't deny that. So what's the proof on this? I believe this is 70. 70 proof? 60. 60. 60. Excuse Even me. lower. 60. 30%. And that is unique, for sure. The AC just kicked on. That or the heat. Oh, yeah, sweet. Very sweet. And you still get that kind of toasted marshmallow all the way through from the front to the back of the palate. Yep. Oh, and it yeah. just lingers. Just That sweetness kind of lingers like mid to late there. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what. You could make that into about 30 different cocktails I can think of right off the top of the head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would I would think you if you use this old-fashioned and then you actually, instead of a cherry, you top it with a marshmallow and you just take a butane torch to that marshmallow. And then you you looking for a job? You need a, <laughs> could always use another creative bartender. Oh, I say uh, that'd yeah. be a long drive for a part time job. Yeah, it would be a fun part time job. It would be a great part time job. Would. Yeah. Listen, anytime you can you can have fun with liquor, it's fun and it's a good man. That is so. It's, it's so just, campfire. It is. It is so like it's so. Camp- Do you ever serve it with a s'mores? Like, yeah. 
graham cracker crust yeah. and a, a marshmallow garnish. Absolutely. Oh my god. Toasted. <laughs> yeah, we. Yeah. You're like, you yeah, we it. do that. <laughs> Duh. Man, that's that's just that's unreal. That is so sweet, so good. And the thing is, is that I'm just like Put it in somewhere, so, somewhere in there. I am just getting like this tiny hint of chocolate. Yeah. yeah. I'm not really getting any graham, and I like whether you're doing that graham addition to that mm-hmm. glass. But yours is like that subtle, just kind of hidden back there, but it's there. Yep. For Absolutely. sure. Yeah. That is, man, This I could give this to my wife. My wife would drink this. Uh, she doesn't it, drink bourbon. I've been trying so hard. It really is a great introduction to folks that are intimidated by bourbon or never, you know, are just afraid to drink it. But mm-hmm. this is a great kind of uh, doorstep into, you know, dipping your toe in the water with bourbon. Um, and hopefully, you know, you can progress. And just like with any, you know, wine or beer, uh, this gets somebody that would might have been not that would otherwise not want to taste a bourbon. This gets them in the door. Oh, definitely, we get somebody in the door. <laughs> so, <laughs> on, out, so on the, on the bottle it says unofficial series. Is you is this going to be something that's going to become an official series at some point? The way if it sells well. So really, that's kind of a play on our. our so the the these are the official series, and and then uh, okay. the little cat there with the marshmallow is uh, our un- unofficial guy. So this is kind of that playful side ah, of okay. Hotel Tango that um, still part of our series, but just the Where's unofficial. my boy, Freddie? Oh, Freddie Percury, our yeah. cat. He's around here. Freddie Percury. That's the greatest <laughs> name ever. It really is. He's around here somewhere. He's it's funny. Us. Distilleries have a cat most of the time. Every now and then you'll run into somebody that's got a dog, and it's always the best dog, too. Like just run around things like that. I don't. But Freddie I don't Perkery think I've seen a sweet. distillery with a dog. In a long oh, there's time. A, there's a few. That's I know, but like, yeah. Most Usually. most of them are yeah cats. Yeah, you keep them around protection. Yeah, no, we'll keep the mice away. I know. Said <laughs> yep. protection. Yep. <laughs> it's true. You see a yep. mouse walking around with like a whiskey straw, like, hey guys. <laughs> right. We need a better cat. Quit <laughs> <laughs> feeding them so much. Yeah, less food. That's exactly right. So, um. Kind of like on the distillery side of things, um, as we're kind of touring on the uh, at the actual place where you distill, um, one of the things that came across was that one of your uh, production guys is a former brewer. Yeah, so our head distiller, Bobby Yates, uh, spent several years in the brewing world uh, before we came over here. Um, it's it's really uh, hard to find you know somebody that's got twenty years experience within the distilling world, um, and Bobby really brought a skill set from the brewing side of the house over to the distilling side. And a lot of the good habits that, that you have on the brewing side absolutely transition well to the distilling side. So from cleanliness, hygiene, to making sure that, you know, all the mashes get the proper amount of yeast at the proper temperature, the proper time, that those things are a recipe and that happen the same way every single time. I mean, that's Bobby to a T. So, um, yeah, can't speak highly enough of him. Yeah. Bur- for sure. I'm surprised we're not seeing more of it than what we are. And, but I think it's because of what you said. I think people are finding some people that are not in the brewery world, but like the ones that are, I mean, I think they're making some of the best whiskey because I think making a good beer is the step of making good bourbon. Yeah. Know? I mean, bourbon's just taking beer one step further. Exactly. Right? So, and you're, you, you're hundred percent right. I just think that um, finding the right person that understands that, is, is easier said than done, and I think we found a, a unicorn. Yeah, with him. no, yeah. for sure, he's doing a good job. For sure, he's doing a great job. So, so. When, so whenever you're doing like tastings and you're trying to figure out who or what time, what plan and 
performance that your barrel or your distillate is at, who is in that either, is it you have the final say or do you have like a group with your master distiller or who's in that group of saying, hey, this is ready, let's bottle it, let's go? It's really a diverse group. So it's, yeah, it's some of our distillers, it's myself, it's folks from our ops team, from our, you know, our CFOs in the room. So, I mean, we want everyone from aficionados to novices that all have, you know, an equal say. But at the end of the day, I think that, you know, we, we've never really had um, a fight within that room, right? It always generally comes out to the same uh, opinion, no matter what. So, for, luckily, from from our past to now, you know, it's it's um, we've we've had some discrepancies, but for the most part, I would say uh, we all fall within that same, you know, ten percentile of what we think is it ready yet? Is it not ready yet? Does it need more time in the barrel to sit? That kind of thing. Right. So uh, then it becomes kind of a democracy. <laughs> <laughs> then we taste it, and you're like, oh, this is great, <laughs> right? And honestly, at the end of the day, the consumers give us the the most direct feedback. I yeah. mean, this is about the best R&D lab, this tasting room, we could ask for. Because when customers get in here and they actually taste it, I mean, they don't hold back, which is good. You know, we, we want what? honest What? Consumers feedback. don't hold back on their personal opinions on how they feel about things? No. no. And honestly, I wouldn't want it any other way. Because before we'll ever take anything out into the distribution market, it's got to pass the high bar here. So, I mean... That's, you know, from all of these products that are sitting out that we've tasted today, started here before we release them out in the That's general interesting. Market. I love that idea, though. Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, you're getting a, a small sample of what the masses might think whenever right. you're bringing something into a tasting room or a tasting bar. But when you see someone's first reaction for drinking something, I mean, that says, that says right. a thousand words right there. And you're going to know right away whether or not they're lying. The, yep. the, so true. Yeah, Travis. This is great. Yeah. This is great stuff. No, they, they not, wouldn't not say that. Not everybody's <laughs> blowing something up the butt. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. So so what's the what's the five year plan? Well the five year plan I would say is to hone in, consolidate, uh, make sure that we are growing responsibly, that we're putting enough barrels away for growth, um, and innovating. Um, yeah. between uh, you know, aging products and cool, fun, funky barrels to consistency of our existing portfolio. I mean, that's really, you know, the long game is quality, consistency, and making sure we have enough juice to grow for five, ten years. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, that's cool. So if people want to come out, hang out with Hotel Tango, and they want to come to the tasting room, tasting bar, if they want to do a tour, tasting, whatever, how would that look like? How do they find you? So you can go to our website, hoteltangowhiskey.com. Uh, we're located in downtown Indianapolis, 702 Virginia. Um, those are probably the, the two easiest ways to, to come check us out. We're on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook. So check us out on all those. Follow us. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're around. Your stone's throw from Lucas Soil Stadium. You can park here and walk over. That's right. So there you go. So you can come pregame. Pregame here. Game, pregame at Hotel Tango and walk over to the – well, never mind. Move your car after you pregame. <laughs> yeah, you, you can pregame and postgame here. Just don't drive home. Yeah, so, there you absolutely. Go. That's the best. Yeah, always remember to drink responsibly. Absolutely. That's that. That's our. That's Freddie Mercury will like drink with discipline. With, that's what Freddie Mercury will snuggle with you, right? Oh, he, he certainly will. Oh, There's no doubt. So, 
Well, good deal. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This is our episode of Bourbon Barrel Talk. Um, to find us, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, the Twitter. You can also email us any questions at bourbonbarreltalk at gmail.com. If they want to contact you, Travis, how would they contact you? Travis at hoteltangowhiskey.com. That's us signing off from Hotel Tango Whiskey. This is Scott, Travis, Matt, and Nick signing off. Peace out. Peace.